Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday morning services. Thank you so much for tuning in. People around the world are now getting involved and watching and being a part of the Bond Sunday morning service. Everybody and their mama. And I absolutely appreciate it. I'm Jesse Peterson. Um, if you have questions concerning the topic of today, you can call us. Call in now. Call in live and I can respond to them after the meeting is happening. Call 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-BOND, B-O-N-D. You can also email us, radio, no, church. You have so many emails nowadays. Church at bondinfo.org. Church at bondinfo.org. And put your name in town, name in town. Hopefully I'll remember to give out this information again somewhere. Uh, down the line here. Good morning to you guys here. Appreciate you. Good yeah, I appreciate you guys coming in. Patrick was here last week. Did you enjoy him? Yeah. Did he make sense? <laughs> One person like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, Patrick is out sick today, but I'm sure he's watching. So may sh- pray that the Lord heals him. All right. Um, I was down in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, participating in a pro-life rally. Uh, there's an organization that goes out every year this time of year and they hold um, a rally in order to protect the unborn. And uh, I believe they call, I wish I had their name. Ermis, get the name for me, please. No, let's not guess at it. Sherry, you know what it is, right? They are off, they are branch of, yeah, it's a branch of uh, what used to be Operation Rescue. I think it's America for life. I'm dumb. I'm sorry. I should have it. But I'm black and I can get away with it. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? To be <laughs> Isn't it beautiful to be black? You can get away with stuff like this. But if you're white, you can't get away with it. I can be wrong the way I speak. No problem. Nice to be black in America. But uh, you think so? I doubt it. But uh, we'll get the name. But anyway, we are down there protesting and uh, held a press conference and um, informing America about the tragedy of abortion, the impact that it's having on our country. Uh, it's just ab- over, over 40 million babies, I think, is aborted. That, that is like amazing to me. But the world is quiet about it. America is quiet about it. And we're trying to do something about it. We'll get you more information about this group that was... Uh, that I went to work with, all right? A truckload of white kids and teenagers and adults, not one, let me see. Oh yeah, that was, I think maybe two or three blacks at best, including me, made three, right, Duck? Yeah, three black people. And abortion is uh, impacting the black community like no other community, but we can't get black Americans to get up and do anything about it because their leaders won't let them Yes. Operation Save America. That was the group. Operation Save America. Thank you, Ernest. And I want to say their name because uh, the name of the group because they're real sincere about what they're doing. And every year they go to different states around the country for an entire week, get the word out about abortion. So I just want to make sure I recognize them. Um, I want to talk to you today about anybody have any questions from last time we were together or anything? No, no life again, huh? <laughs> this is sweet. Anybody had a life? Any challenges? Did the devil talk to you? 
<laughs> okay, well, you guys, as, as I said, you're causing me to become my best. Duh, I have a light color today. Do I look black on camera? I look black, huh? They don't like it when I wear light color, but I have nothing else to put on. It may help. All right. And, and what you need to know is when you're real black like I am, and if you wear light colors, you can only see my teeth and eyes. <laughs> I want to talk about words. Since you guys didn't have a life, I paid attention this week. And a lot of things went on. Uh, I have to use this word one time. Hopefully I don't accidentally use it more than once. But I have to say it at least once to make the point. And by now you have heard that Jesse Jackson uh, said, used the word nigger, right? Everybody heard about that? Yeah. Well, if you haven't heard, last week he was doing an interview with Fox News on the Fox News channel. And they mic'd him up and his mic was on and he didn't know it. And he and another black guy were sitting there waiting, I guess, and he leaned over to the guy and said, Barack Obama is talking down to black people because Barack Obama said that black men should be responsible uh, for their children and stop acting like little boys. And Jackson said that he felt like cutting his uh, uh, private parts off down yonder way. <laughs> There's a, a, a medical term for that, right? Huh? I could say that, right? Genitals. No, genitals are. Right. And Jackson felt like cutting them off because he was talking, he was talking, and I don't have the exact phrase about the nigger thing, but that he was talking about the niggers or something like that. He called black people niggers. Oh, telling niggers how to behave. Yeah, he's telling niggers how to behave. This is coming from Jesse Jackson. And what's so interesting about the word is that the reaction, the fact that black people say it, but the reaction of white Americans about it. Black people say the word, oh, I got to say it again. One more time, I have to say it. So if it hurt your ears, white folks, cover your ears right now. Uh, Jackson said, nigger, and white people go, oh, no, don't say that word. Don't say it. I mean, like, they, they feel the pain. They, this woman on uh, The View was crying. Uh, Rebecca. Uh, What's her name? Rebecca? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I mean, she was literally tearing up behind that word. And Whoopi Goldberg and this other black woman were just throwing it out there at her. And she was taking the pain of it, just throwing it out at her. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have to tell you, white folks, this is ridiculous for you to act this way over a word that black people don't care anything about. They really don't care anything about their word, but they get joy from seeing you overreact to it. It really, it's like, it's like you ever, you know, go after someone and every time you say something, they get mad and it makes you want to say something else and they get mad and it makes you want, that's what they're doing with this word. And I don't understand why white Americans are reacting to this, this way over a word that they had nothing to do with. The word was already here when they were born. They didn't create the word and it's black folks who are keeping the word alive. And they're just reacting to it. I'm not getting that. How come it's so emotional about this word? And I'll come to you in a minute. The, the problem is, well, maybe I won't say that right now until I find out a few things here. But that word, I, I can't say that either because I don't want to give the answer right away. 
Let me ask, how many of you are affected when you hear that word, whether you're white or black or whatever? You're affected when you hear it. And, and you are, please, uh, somebody hears. You can hear what comes out of your mouth. Uh, you, did you raise your hand too? Okay, you raise your hand. When you hear that word, the so-called N-word, you're affected by it. And why are you affected by it? Into the and, and what is society that? in general, that it's a uh, that's a vicious word. That's a vicious word. Yeah, that it, that it should not be used under any circumstances. Uh, okay. And uh, that's applying to people other than the black race. I understand that. And do you feel pain when you hear it? Um, I don't hear it very often, frankly. Just right. once something like this issue with uh, Jesse Peterson came up. Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson came up. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Were you surprised to hear that Jesse Jackson had used that word? No. No. Yeah. Okay. Did you have your hand? No. Ermis, you had your hand. You said you were affected by that word. I would say that if uh, I think most black people, if you're in a room, all of a sudden a white person stood up like Michael, what's his name? Michael Richards did. <laughs> yeah. You know, look at that nigger stuff. You know, I think you yeah, can't it, was, it was anger. He just roll off his mouth. He's affected by it. How are you affected by it? I mean, I think that most people, if if, uh, if they hear white people use it, they are affected by it. Would you be affected by it if you heard white people? No, use it? not just like in a casual way or whatever. <coughs> if somebody came up to me and said, "You stupid, you know, nigga," it would, it, I would have a reaction, like immediate reaction. Right? And, and why you would have a reaction to it? Uh, because it seems like a personal attack. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Anybody else over here affected by it? All right. Over here, we had a whole group load. Bus load over here affected. You said you were affected by it. I can't, the camera can't hear you shaking your head. Yes. And why are you affected by it? Well, it's a degrading word, and I think also other words that are used to, in, for other races also are wrong too. Right. But I will say, I never hear it. I never hear it. Okay. Except uh, that. Uh, Richards, you know. Michael Richards. That I yeah. thought was shocking to hear somebody talk like that. Oh, okay. No. Um, and so, do you feel pain when you hear it? Um, I don't know about pain, but. What do you feel when you hear? Sad that they talk like that. Oh, okay. When I heard um, <clears throat> Reverend Jackson. Right. Um, uh, well, in one sense. I kind of felt that's something he would, that's the way he would talk because right. I don't trust him at all anyway. But on the other side of it, it was shocking to hear him talk like that. Okay. To use that. That's. It was shocking to hear that from Jackson. Yeah. And He's why? supposed to be a reverend. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, kind of a man is. A reverend can't say that. <coughs> they shouldn't. They shouldn't say that word. No, okay. no people shouldn't talk. You like said you were affected by it too? Yes. Uh, emotionally? Um, I, I probably, you know, there's like that emotional um, reaction. Um, it's a, to me, I've been taught that that was like a derogatory term. Right. But coming here, you know, for so many years, I know that, that uh, the black people here say, you know, that you think nothing of calling each other that, you know, in, in the course of a day, and it means absolutely nothing to you. So I've seen that side of it too. Right. But um, and that didn't ease the pain. Well, I just, you know, it wouldn't be something that I would choose to say, right. and, and it just doesn't. Um, 
it's like going out of your way almost uh, to be derogatory to another race. It's like uh, stereotyping them. And, and I know that you know every race and, and subset, you know, women, you know, in different activities, they they demean people by coming down with a a term. And I think that's kind of what this does. Is it it uh, um, it demeans and people bring them down a little bit. Well, yeah, it's okay. kind of dehumanizing. Okay, uh, have you ever been cursed out before? Um, not, no, I don't think No one ever used curse words. Anybody ever had people curse at them? You've had it, right? Yep. And are you affected when they curse at you? Um, uh, temporarily, yes. <coughs> I mean, there is, there is an emotional reaction, but usually, I mean, I, I've heard most of them before. You've heard the curse so, word before, yeah, but for some reason I've when they come back, I've been called that. I'm still alive. The sun still comes up. Right, but you're still affected by when they curse at you. Uh, not anywhere near what it used to be. But you still are affected. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I think it, uh, for me it depends on the, the spirit. If they're angry and want to hurt you when they say it. Are you affected by the N word when you hear? It? Yeah, if it's said with anger or to hurt somebody or something. You're like How about if someone, anyone ever call you that? Nigger, no. no. No? You just said the word. You said nigger, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a word. I've been coming here a long time and it's just a word to me. But, but to me, when it, somebody gets angry. <laughs> anyone ever curse at you? Like you use curse yeah, words? Did that hurt too? Yeah, if oh, okay. they were angry with me, if they were like joking, it didn't hurt. But, but when they were angry, it hurt. Okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Are you affected by that word? Yes, right. Uh, I don't like to hear it. Like my two uh, grandsons, uh, kind of their father came up that he's a nigger. You know, I didn't like it. But I mean, I didn't hurt by it. Right. Are you, when someone curse at you, are you hurt by that? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Nobody has cursed on me lately. Oh, so I don't know, but before I did. <laughs> no one has cursed her lately. Okay, we have to find you someone. Oh, God. <laughs> um, how about you, Faye? Are, are you affected by that when you hear that word? No. Be honest, boy. I'm not. So when you hear the N word, you're not moved by it at all? No. I mean, it's not a pleasant word. I think it's a derogatory word, but I, it doesn't affect me. Anyone ever call you that? Uh, I can't remember anybody calling me that. I'm sure Doug will call you that. Uh, <laughs> if he didn't call you, he thought it. We're white trash. No, he has I can call him that if he wants. <laughs> so, but you're not affected by it. How about when people curse you? <clears throat> no. I haven't been cursed lately. But you haven't been no. cursed lately? No. How come you guys are not being cursed out? You must not be doing anything. I was. I was. I was attacked at work by three ladies, but they weren't, you know, using like the F word and, you know, using derogatory words, but they were yeah. pretty hostile. Are you moved by that word? Yeah. You are? Mm -hmm. It affects you when you hear it? I think so. In what way? Um, I, just when I hear it, I think, you know, that's something that I should never say. And w I mean, would never have a reason to say, but it does depend the context in which you hear it, you right. know, like if a black person uses it to another black person, like almost a chummy way, I think that you can, you know, they do use it in that context, you know, oh, okay. like versus the, I guess it depends on the spirit behind it. Okay. You had your hand for, did I ever come to you? No. Okay. Yes. As usual. Um, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that hurts. Um, Whoopi Goldberg uh, described it in a way that I've never heard it before. He said, okay, well, um, that word was used against us during slavery, and it was very hurtful. Was she a slave? No, she wasn't. She wasn't a slave? Slave? I didn't ask her that. <laughs> but she said that, um, and, and because of the change in society now, she says, we the blacks now own that word, and we're the only ones that can use it, and you can't utter it, it's our word, and so that's, that's, the, that's the argument she used against Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says nobody should use the word. This is before she started crying or afterward? About the same time. <laughs> now, and, and they had a poll. Uh, who's right, Whoopi or Elizabeth? They came with the results of the poll. Uh, Whoopi got 4%. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth got 96%. It must have been an all-white audience. It was a conservative it was, audience. It was a poll on Fox about the View, about yeah. the View show. Oh, okay. All right. So, it's just, um, I'm just blown away at the response of white Americans about this word. Uh, it's like, it's real serious to them. And no, don't say it. You, oh, my God. Yes, sir. I, one of the things I wanted to mention. Have you ever used that word? No. You can admit it. No. Come on. No, I know you use that word. I can see you on the freeway now. <laughs> can you see Ed on the freeway? And, and one of those people in his way. <laughs> and then I roll up the windows and lock the door. Right? Yeah, he's no. all rushing and in his head anyway. No, no. But I, w I will tell you, I have thought that I was pretty immune to a lot of insults. But something happened to me a while, maybe about a year ago. And I, I was in a Spanish neighborhood. I was driving in a funny way, and some guy goes, "Hey, viejito," to me, right? Uh -huh. And I was like, "Wow, that—that's the first time I've ever been called old dude, right?" Oh, that would that mean? Yeah, oh, okay. it means old guy. And, old uh, man. Yeah, and I thought, "Wow, aren't people really great at figuring out the thing that'll get you?" Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing happens to me at work. There are certain things that I don't like being called at work, and and some folks. Uh, what what it, you don't like being called? Tell me so I, I can call I you. I don't. That. Yeah, I, I don't like my. I don't like my integrity being questioned. I don't like people saying that I did something unethical. Oh, okay. Right, and uh, I'll. It have, bothers you when they say that. Yeah, especially when I haven't been. Right. Uh, I have been, <laughs> but so uh, if right. I have a client, for example, that doesn't, uh, that is, uh, is, is maneuvering in some way against me, something like that. Have you ever cursed out anyone? Or Absolutely cursed yes. And, and then you said it hurts when they do it to you. Why would you do it to others? Um, I have made an effort not to do it as much. Uh, the reason is that it doesn't change anything. Right. Which word is the worst, a curse word or the N word? It's been on what? Who are you talking to? Oh. There's certain <laughs> words you can say to women that's right. just as bad as the N word. Uh, yes. Have you ever used that word? Yes. I'm sorry? Yes. Yeah. Probably used it last night, you know. Probably. <laughs> no, but, um, to me and a, a, group of, a group of my friends, some don't like the word at all and get offended, and they're black when other blacks use it. But pretty much just about every race that I see nowadays, whether it be white, uh, Asian, black, 
Hispanic, everyone uses the word. <coughs> young people do, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear a lot of different reasons why young people use it. And they seem to think it's just fine. Maybe just the older adult whites who are tripping. Maybe. But I'm going to help white America get over that today. Yes. I'll say that time we went to Israel, a trip. Yes. We're in the middle of Jerusalem. There was a group of kids that were out, like, for recess. And this kid, like 12 years old, came up to me and was like, hey, what's up, my nigga? <laughs> and he had his hat turned back. <laughs> and it was funny because you can tell he, he's been watching videos and yeah. He thought that was like the right way to approach. Did you give him the high five? Huh? You said right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you affected by words? Yeah, I think some words, yeah. You are? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Just say one thing. I, I certainly can remember uh, being a private in the Army having been draft, drafted. Yeah. <clears throat> you want to talk about words that are used <laughs> by the sergeants, the drill instructors, yeah. and people like that. Yeah. And you, you can visualize that, the Marines and everything else at this point. Yes. You get used to being put down. Yeah, that's and right. It's, and it's, it's a part of discipline at that stage of the game. It, it is. It helps everybody. Amen to that. Yeah. That's right. Another interesting <laughs> point about Jackson saying it is that... Um, a lot of black folks are angry at him for... Oh, let me ask you. I want to come back to that point, all right? Lewis, how about you? you uh, are you affected by words? Some words, but not that word. Not that word. Do you ever use it? Never. H have you ever used it? No. Really? In your whole I've entire... I've never liked the word. Never. I'm sorry? I've never liked the word, and I've never really? used it. Really? Were you mar ever married to a black man? <laughs> I was. And you never used that word? No. He didn't like the word either, as I can recall. Yeah. Um, so, but you are affected by some words. Yeah. You are affected, okay. Um, the, the interesting thing about that is that Jackson said this about Barack Obama, and a lot of black folks are angry at him now for saying that about Barack Obama, and they don't want anything to do with him. So it's having a negative impact on Jackson's life and what appears to be a positive impact on black Americans' lives, or some of them at least, because now they are closer to Barack Obama. I thought to myself, what would have happened had Barack Obama been a white man and Jackson said the same thing? Would it have the same impact on black folks? Or would they have gone along with Jackson if he had said that about a white man? You know, that he would, this white man is talking down to black folks by telling them they need to be responsible. I want to cut his private part off. Uh, trying to help those in people wake up. I guarantee you, had Barack Obama been a white man, uh, it would not have had the same impact. Black folks would be on Jackson's side. They would be close to him for saying that. They would be high-fiving him, and, and, and it was okay to say it. But because they, they said it about a black man and someone who is their favorite for now, they'll have an issue with that word. Anybody thought about that point? See, this is why you guys have to have a life during the week. There's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> and God wants you to see what's going on because if you can see, you're saved. You know, you're, it, prevent, it, it helps you to be able to see. And there are always more going on than what you can see of yourself. And so you have to have insight so you can see the whole picture of what's going on. So I think blacks are hypocrites, first of all, because if that had been a white man, it would be a different story if Jackson had said it about a white man. If he, yeah, yeah, or Dr. Rice, if he had said about a black Republican, it would be a different thing. Believe me, I've been called that word so much that I was thinking about changing my middle name. Remember I told you that? 
from, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about changing, <laughs> I, I seriously am, I'm, I'm going to call myself Jesse Nigger Peterson. <laughs> and I've been called that by black people with the intent to hurt me. But it just rolled off my back. I could care less about it. It is funny to me. It is funny. Now, I haven't always been that way, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But I'm really thinking about changing my middle name. Maybe I'll put it in there, Jesse Nigger Lee Peterson or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then that way, when they call me that, I can just flash my name to them. Right? You're right. That's who I am. Um, I want to get into some more, but I want you guys to start seeing what's going on around you instead of reacting to what's going on around you. Believe me, I love the way God has set things up for his children and that they can be in the world and not of it and not go along with what everybody is saying, you know, not jump on board with the crowd, but kind of stand back a little bit and see what's going on. It will blow your afro off. And if you don't have an afro, it will cause you to develop one. When you can see what's going on, it is absolutely amazing. There's another way of seeing life. And, and so, you know, everybody's saying the same thing. The media is saying the same thing about it. But I don't hear any insight coming from this whole deal. There's a lot to be learned from it. And so that's why I'm trying to get some reaction from you guys. And from what I've gathered thus far is that you have jumped on board with the media and the crowd. You're not standing back and looking at the big picture. Am I wrong about this? Okay. Jackson was one of the guys who wanted to ban the N-word. He jumped on Michael Richards when he said it and just, you know, just all whatever. And yet he's using it. But I'm not surprised that he's using the word. Remember when I was attacked by Jackson back in early 2000, his son hit me and Jackson came over and started cursing me out. He used words that I didn't use when I was a sinner. But I wasn't surprised by that either. When he was using the words, he used sexual words and everything. And I wasn't surprised at all. Because I've been saying for the last 18 years that Jackson is an evil man. He's not on the side of good. And I don't care who you are, if you're not on the side of good, you're going to use negative words. Because that's what's in your heart. Yes. You don't have a pure heart. You don't, negative words are going to come out. Whether they're curse words or whatever. At home, you're going to do it to one another. You're going to say it about someone riding in the car when the wind is up and nobody's there but yourself. Because that's what's in your heart, and that's what's in Jackson's heart, yes. and no one should be surprised about it. Not one person on earth should be surprised. Only the blind are surprised by it. I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised when black Americans call me that for standing up for what is right. Because I was on that side of the fence at one point, and I understand what they mean. But I still want to get into should we be affected by words and how to overcome. You, did you have a question, Robert? Yes. I have a question. Why... I'm not affected by what the media says about Obama, what uh, Jesse Jackson says about Obama and everything, but why am I affected, say, if somebody were to be poking fun at my uh, ethnic background? That's a good question. If someone made fun of your, uh, what are you? Austrian. If someone made fun of you about that, you'd be offended by it? In other words, they make fun of my language and stuff. German sounds so stupid, you know, uh, and so and that you know, upset robotic. You. Yeah, that yeah. Affected and you want to know why that is. Right. Oh, okay. Well, since everybody in this room is affected, I'll have, I, I guess I have to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll come to it, though. It's okay. a very good question. 
Um, I want to talk about words, and, 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 and I have to tell you, it is abnormal to be affected by words. Now, words are supposed to inspire us. You know, in the Bible it says, in the beginning, you know, there it was the Word, and the Word was God, and God was the Word, and the Word was with Him. And so the words are supposed to inspire us, but if you're on the wrong side of the fence, they're going to destroy you. But they're supposed to inspire. Even negative words are supposed to inspire you, right? So if someone says something negative about you, whether it's true or not, but if it's true and it's negative, if you're on the right side of the fence, you would appreciate that. And if it's not true, you still would appreciate it because it allows you to see where you are. Uh, either you're in the world and of it, or you're not, right? When I was growing up, as a young boy, I had a big head. I don't have it now. I squashed it in. And my dad has a big head, so for some reason, the Lord passed it on to me, too. And then I have a, a cleft lip. Anybody know what that is? Yes. Cleft lip, right? When my lip was split when I was born, so it affected my speech. And so going through high school and stuff and going through school, the kids would tease me about that all the time. They had all kind of names for me. <laughs> and you think of it, and they, see how Robert laughing at me? I'm about to get mad now. <laughs> he just said he doesn't like it when people talk about him. Now he's laughing at me. My cousins and I used to fight, and the first thing they would do is call me a name, right? And I used to do the same thing. Anybody ever call names while you're growing up? Yeah. And, but I had it rough, right? And I'm sure everybody had it rough, whatever it is that you would call. But I, I remember that every time I went home and told my grandmother, they called me a name at the school. You know, they called me Bithead, and they said I can't speak well. And my grandmother would say to me, uh, first of all, she'd say, is it true? And I'm like, yeah. So what are you worried about? Right. And then she had this thing that said sticks and stones may break my bones, but word would never hurt me. And as and I noticed that she didn't really care about they were calling. She cared, but in a way that it wasn't emotional and it made me worse. Right. She would show me how to deal with it instead of overreact to it, because reality was I had a big head. The reality was I couldn't speak well. The reality was I had a split lip. Right. And so that was it. And so instead of me cowering down to it and being pitiful and wimpy about it, she tried to make me face it and deal with it. And I remember in the olden days, that's how parents would do with kids. They, wasn't, they, weren't, they didn't try to uh, hide you from the reality of what's going on. They would try to tell you to deal with it. And I remember as, when, I, when I was a boy and we got into a fight. I only had one fight that I can remember. My grandma would say, if someone is fighting you and they are wrong, then you need to defend yourself. They didn't, she didn't say, come home whimping and whining and crying to me. But society is so soft nowadays, and everything that is wrong, it is now being protected as being right, right, and it is weakening us even more so. You know, I overcame, you know, being called a name. You know, let them call me what they want and all that kind of stuff. I overcame that. At first it was rough. But because my grandmother dealt with it in a right kind of way, it made me strong eventually. And I realized that it is abnormal to be into what people call you. It shows that you're in a fallen state of being. You don't have love in you if you are affected by words. Words are supposed to roll off your back. And so I got over this name calling thing, you know, the big head. I realized I had it 
and that was it. And so when someone called me that, yeah, you're right, I can't do anything about it. And when they see they can't affect you with it, it has no power at all. And if you are, if you are a man or woman of God and you truly been born again, you are absolutely protected from words. You are absolute. It is impossible for words to hurt you if you have been, quote unquote, born again and you're living from the from within to without. And so whatever the world is doing around you cannot affect you. I have been called some of everything in the book and then some all kind of sexual names and just anything, anything to try to to degrade me in order to prevent me from telling the truth. I've been called names. But it's weird how God just took that away from me and I am absolutely not moved by name calling. And I am inspired when someone says words that is, it is, and those words are inspiring. I take those words and grow from them. But the negative words, if it's not true, they bounce right off. And that's how you're supposed to live. You can't control words. That's ridiculous. That e that's not even logical to think about that. You're going to take away our words? Angry people are going to have angry words. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. That's why you must be born again. That's why, oh, I'm moving too fast. That's why spirituality is of the heart. God changes your heart because when man speak, a woman speak, they speak from the heart. And you can't control that. You can't make laws that says you can't say certain words. We're supposed to be taught in the home how to treat one another. That's a responsibility of the parents. I'd never imagine going outside of my home and cursing out some adult person as a kid, you know. We respected the elderly because we were taught by example, and I knew I was going to get my butt whooped if I did it. I didn't wait for the media to tell me how to speak, or white Americans to tell me how to speak, or black people to tell me it's okay to say this, but you can't say that, or some civil rights leaders. My life is not based on how they speak or what they think. That's ridiculous. When Jesse Jackson said that word, he was representing Jesse Jackson and no one else. He's not representing black Americans or white Americans. He's representing Jesse Jackson. And so when he said it, we should rebuke him and shun him for it. That's what society did before. We would correct people. You're not supposed to talk like that to the elderly. Where's your daddy or your mama? I'm going to tell your mama on you. You know, where is that now? We have lost that. We are literally in this country trying to control words. Yes. And that's insane to me. Uh, Jesse Jackson doesn't represent me. No civil rights leader represents me. They can say whatever they want, and, and they have to deal with the consequences of their own action. You know, not me. I'm not embarrassed by it. I can care less about it. It's on him. I care about how I represent myself. I want to be a good example, a good representation of myself, and I'm not responsible for someone else. Now, if they do something, I have a responsibility to deal with it. And if I'm, you know, if I'm in the presence of that person, I can say, hey, that's wrong. You should be ashamed of yourself. What's wrong with you? You know, I can deal with it. But he's not representing me. And white America, you need to get over this thing of this word hurting you. It doesn't hurt black folks. They love it. They, they, they make it in songs. They, they do it at home. The boyfriends and girlfriends, they say, this is my, mine, so this is mine. Black people don't care about that word, so why are you carrying on with pain from it? That is insanity to me. That's insane. 
If they don't care about it, why are you feeling their pain? They don't even feel pain about it. And then white folks are trying to pass the law that say we can't say it. Now when I do radio interviews, I can't say it on the radio. I have to say N-word. I feel stupid saying the N-word. What is the N-word? That's ridiculous. So it's not hurting black folks. And the white folks who are reacting to it, you, have not, you didn't create that word unless you're 150 years old and have some slaves. Hundred and fifty or older and has some slaves. That's not your word. You're not responsible for that word. So stop crying and carrying on what black folks said. You're making them say it even more so. They said just to get a reaction. <laughs> They'll go into a crowd and yell out the word, N word. And white folks go, Oh, oh, oh. And the person sitting there laughing at you. That's ridiculous. That's not normal. That's abnormal. That is abnormal. Okay, I see so many hands. I cut it off for a minute and come back to it. Um, let me go this way first because I saw this young. Yeah, I see. <coughs> okay, then I'm coming around. So when I'm you're moving too fast, huh? So when you're saying that white folks shouldn't be affected by that word, are you saying that that, that conversely is it, that they should also use that word? No, they don't need to use it. I mean, if they want to use it and then suffer the consequence of using it. You know, your friends don't want to play with you or something like that, that's fine. But if you use it, you're not representing all white Americans. You're representing you. And all white folks shouldn't be feeling guilty about it. That's you. Yeah, because I was going to say that um, even, even though um, we shouldn't be affected by it, we should also hold up the standard. You know, it's just like other, other vulgar or cuss words that Christians That's shouldn't right. be affected when we they hear it, but they standard. shouldn't be saying it either. But I'm not going to ban the word just because someone else is saying it. You know, saying it. I, I'll avoid that person. It's not the kind of person I like to hang out with because I see we need people to speak so we can see the type of people we are hanging out with. You can see the type of people that your children, that could be babysitting your kids. Now, if you ban these words and then they, are, they have your kid in some kid school and they are using these words on your children, they're going to traumatize your kids because you're, you don't know that is going on. You need okay. to let folks speak and deal with them in the way we used to deal with them. Let me ask you this. You can't ban words. I got a question. And, um, and, and let me just say this. <clears throat> Plus, goodness overshadows evil. It really does. So if you're in a group of people who are doing the right thing and living up right, and someone uses a negative word, and you're not a part of it, you make them feel embarrassed. And embarrassment can wake them up. It could cause them to change. But if they can't speak the word, how are you going to help them to change? It's still in their hearts. This is not normal. I may be the only, and if I'm wrong, I want to hear that I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, you can call me right now at 1-800-411-BOND. 1-800-411-2663. Or email me at bondinfo. No, church. Thank you, Dad. Church at bondinfo.org. Put your name in town, and I'll respond to you right now. I do want to know if anybody thinks that I'm wrong about this, I want to hear from you about it, all right? Yes, sir. Um, in school, they don't allow you to wear certain words on your shirt. Right, and they or should. Or certain images and stuff like that, because kids are affected by words. Yes. Okay, but um, out in the general public, that same kid can wear those shirts. Yeah. Because the general public... 
even though there's kids out in the general public. I mean, it used to be in, 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 in the good old days that, that if someone was seen with this kind of stuff on their shirt, they would get harassed. But if kids had decent parents, they wouldn't wear certain shirts in the public because the parents would not allow it to happen. My parents, my grandparents didn't wait on the media to control my life. They didn't wait for outside society. They told me what I could and could not do. So the type of shirts that these kids are wearing now, they are wearing these shirts because the parents are allowing it to happen. They know there are no consequences at home. But if they knew that, I guarantee you, they wouldn't wear those shirts. I don't care who else was wearing them. The kids would not put them on. It's all started at home. The media can't dictate your life. The rapper is not the head of your life. The best way to deal with a rapper who uses these type of words, don't buy their music. And when they ask why, they say, I don't like that kind of stuff. And they'll stop, they'll cut it out. That's, how come we can't return to the good old days when we knew these things? You know what I mean? We're acting real dumb now and allow other people to run our life for us. And because they're not men and women of God, they're taking us down the wrong path. They're weakening us rather than making us strong. Because words are going to be around. And curse words are going to hurt you. If any word to get to you, somebody's going to hurt you with a word. Before we leave here today, I'm going to tell you how to get over being hurt at all with words. All right? Yeah, you know, um, in the old days, uh, for the most part, um, those kind of, uh, all, the, all the vulgar and, and fun words that adults like to say to each other was kept in the adult world. Yeah. And out in the public world, you know, on TV and stuff, that, those words were kept away. Are you because, affected by words? Oh, yeah. You are affected? Yeah, once in a while. Really? Once in a while. I'll get cough. Do you believe you can live a life of not being affected by words? Oh, yeah. You do believe that? Yeah. You just don't know how to get there? I know how to get there. So why don't you get there then? I can't. I can't. I know how to get there. I just can't <laughs> make it happen. Maybe you don't know how to get there then? Oh, maybe not. Maybe you think you know and don't yeah. know. All right, I'll come back to that. Yes, ma'am. You had your hand? Yes, so what prevents you from, although it might be honest, saying, hey, old man, hey, whitey, hey, gimpy, you know, I mean, why don't you do that, even though the people might have the, that attribute? Why don't I use that? Yeah, I mean, that's honest. Because it that's a good... You and, and, you know, it shouldn't affect other people, so why don't you put it to the test and, and just, uh, hey, baldy, you know? I do do it with my friends. Hey, baldy, hey, old man, and they call me old man, too. But it's no big deal. The reason I don't use it because my heart has changed and I have compassion for other people. You know what I'm saying? And if I know that it's going to affect them in that way and they're not a bad person, why would I want to hurt them like that, you know? And so when you are, when you have a, when your heart is changed, then you have a compassion for others and you're not going to intentionally try to hurt someone. Now I call Ed an old man, old gray-headed man, because he's a friend. Or forest, you know? You know how grumpy he is and old and driving a young car and all that? Because he's a friend. But and I know words won't my words won't hurt him, but when you have a when you want to do what's right and you're a man or woman of God, you're not gonna intentionally go out to hurt someone. And there are, the truth is enough for you. You can just speak the truth to them and that'll handle it. Without the name calling with the attempt to hurt. That makes sense? Yes. But does that go back to the N-word then, too? I mean, you think it might intentionally hurt somebody, so you wouldn't use it out in public? I wouldn't use the N-word with the intent to hurt anybody. I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't even use it anyway. 
I did not know the word was so popular until I moved to the city. You know, and I grew up on a plantation where they had whites only and blacks only. I did not know that word was popular until I moved to Gary, Indiana first and then Los Angeles. And everybody and mama was using that word. But growing up, I didn't hear that word yet. I don't, if I heard it, I don't remember hearing it. I'm sure I heard it at some point. But my friends and my family members were not using that word in those days. Because parents taught us to respect one another. There was a certain thing you couldn't do. And it was the right thing for them to teach us. I would never curse at an adult growing up or at my teacher. We wouldn't even let our teacher hear us saying certain things, you know, because we respected the elder. We didn't need the media to tell us that. That makes sense? It does. Yes, ma'am. I just want to say that we weren't even allowed to use slang words. Yeah. We had to speak properly at all times. I don't even think they had slang words. Yeah, they, you could say what was yeah, a slang word, slang word, word would be like uh, instead of saying, uh, oh, dog, oh, didn't mean like dog friend like they do now. Like, like you, 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 you don't agree with it or yeah. you're disappointed. You would say things like that. But yeah, you didn't. We didn't have all the, hey, slang. what's up, bro, and my dog, and, and all that. No. And the reason that black people have those things now is because they're falling away from character. And that they are immoral. And when you're an immoral person, you develop all these words like that. You know, just degrading words. Because that's what's in your heart. Yes, ma'am? When I used, when I, when mom was bringing my kids up, I, I didn't let them speak slang. E either. Yeah. And I explained to them that if you get into a habit of speaking a certain way, and then when you don't want to speak that way, you're in a situation, you'll be lost because you haven't practiced. That's right. That's right. But it's in the heart. I'm telling you, it's in the lack of character. And if you want to clear up the words, you got to clear up the heart. Then what? Because when man speaks, that's what comes out of his heart. And it's the responsibility of parents to do that, not the media. Now, adults have a responsibility to live up right, and when they see young people doing the wrong thing in the public, you have a responsibility to correct them, but you're not responsible for them. Their parents are responsible for them. And if they embarrass themselves, you need to be like a shining light so they can see what they're doing is wrong. And that can bring on this. We need to bring shame back. That's what we need. There's no shame in anything anymore. And that's why we're not shaming one another, because there is no shame. Yes, ma'am. Also, you know, I, I think that uh, cuss words and that type of thing are usually used to control people yes. and to try to, you know, because for some reason the person who's using it has been angered and then they want to get the other person angry. But if they react back at the word, then uh, they're being controlled by that person. That's and that's right. what they want is to control them instead that's of being an example of how to, you know, like you said, not let the word have any power. That's why they use it, to control you. You're absolutely right. Black people use that word to control white Americans. We can say it, but you can't. That's control. And when you say it, you're going to lose your house. That's control. And, and, and when you say it, when we say it, you're going to cry about it. That's control. They are using words to control you. And if you take a look at your life, whenever someone wants to control you, they're either going to say something negative about you or nice about you. And either way that you give in, they'll control you. You're supposed to see the right thing to do and do it without being controlled by words. That's the proper way, the right way to live life. And you're not supposed to be controlled by words. It's abnormal. Something is wrong with you if you're controlled by words. And especially men and women of God, 
You're not supposed to be controlled by words. And we're going to help you in a minute get over that. Right, James? I'm sorry? Yeah. Are you controlled by words? Yeah. And why? Well, I try to control people with words, too. You try to control people with words? Uh, You're a mean guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and why do you do it? Um, I don't know. You don't know why you do it? But you are aware that you're trying to control people with words. That's a very good point, too. People who try to control you with words are evil, really. Uh, a person with a good heart would not try to control you with words. But if you are, can be hurt by words, then you are also controlled by words because you're going to put out what they are doing to you. You can't help yourself. They call your name, so you're going to call them a name right away to try to get them the hurt that you have. Anybody ever done that? Yes. Anybody? Uh-uh. <laughs> Up here lying. You ever done that, Kelly? Yeah. You've done that, huh? You can't help yourself. But if you're not controlled by words, you will not hurt someone else by words. You wouldn't try to do it. Now, some people are so weak to words, no matter what you say to them or how you say it, they're going to be hurt by words. Yes. It's, it, you know, it's bound up in pride and sort of thinking that you're God. You know, you don't want someone to say something negative about you to destroy the image that you think you're projecting. That's right. Or, and also, you know, you might use certain words because you want to control the outcome of a situation and make someone do something. So, you know. As a matter of fact, when people know that, when you let people know that they can control you by words, you're setting yourself up to be controlled. They can't help themselves. They will control you with words. Whatever is your, you know, your, a word that can hurt you, that's what they will use on you. And you will do it to others. All in the name of Jesus, you will do it to others. But you've got to overcome that. Yes, yes, sir. Did you have your hand? Yes. Okay. Yes. The reason why... Uh white people, a lot of white people are sensitive to the N-word is because they're suffering from a mass guilt complex from going back to slavery. False guilt. Yeah, false guilt. That's right. And that's, as a matter of fact, that, that causes white folks have a bond relationship with black people. Yes. You know? You're absolutely right. Are you controlled by that word? No. You don't feel anything when you hear no. Have you ever used it? No. Stop. No, no, I never have. <laughs> I never have. Have you ever used a curse word? Yes. Yeah. And are you hurt by words at all? Any word? Uh, yeah, I've been, you know, the question has been asked many times. I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if I would be completely free uh, of any uh -huh. word, oh, any okay. curse word that would be thrown towards me. Even somebody said earlier that, I think Ed said that if someone tells the truth about let me see, what did you say? You, you're hurting them if, if someone says something about you and it wasn't true. Right. You know what you said? Right. Well, even in that, you're not supposed to be hurt by it. You're supposed to be able to stand still and go through it. And the evidence will present itself to prove you're innocent. Now, you may have to do it for a little while because people love to hear naked things about you. But in the end, you shall come out a winner, especially if you don't overreact to it. That makes sense. One of the one of the things I noticed is that the the words words are kind of the tools of forming an identity that can often be a false one. Yeah. And as you try to prove that it's not the case, then you become yet another false person. That's right. Um, and you you don't know how you don't know how the accusations are going to be. 
shown to be false. Yes. But but by trying or begging or asking or pushing in the wrong direction, you can actually give the other person credence. And and but but everything in life seems to be wanting to give you an identity, why who you really are, and all that. And since you know that, why don't you stop doing it? Um, what is preventing you from living it, it the right way since you, got, a, you have the answer to there's it? A, uh, there's a side of me that's not very strong that wants me to, uh, wants sort of my version of justice. I want to get back at the person that hurt. Yeah. And, but when I can drop it and be rational, it's amazing how peaceful my life is. That's right. And how people, uh, uh, if, I, if, I, if I'm falsely accused and I will go to the people who know the accuser. Yes. and ask them to reason with the accuser. They, after a while, think of me as weak. And if I can find a way not to do that, it's funny how they gravitate toward me and, and say, let that person alone, we'll yeah. deal with them on their own. Um, uh, so I've seen that. Um, I used to, I'm, I'm quite a reactor, so it's taking over. You know, I really appreciate the fact that Jesus Christ came and he suffered all of this stuff that we will have to endure so that we can overcome it and live a peaceful life. The more I hear testimonies from other people who are suffering in the name of Jesus, and, and I'm not suffering, and that doesn't mean I don't have situations and challenges to deal with. I have many of them. But he has done something to me that prevents me from feeling the pain of the world around me. I can no longer feel it, and that is so nice. Because that's a horrible way to live, to be affected by words is a horrible way to live. Because you can wake up one morning and think you're looking good and your thoughts tell you you look bad. That's a word that's been spoken to you. Without another person being there, your thought can say, you know, oh, you look awful today. You're like, you're looking in the mirror, getting, all, getting ready, and they say, oh, you look terrible. Your day is wiped out by the word. Have you noticed that? And nobody else was around to say it. But because you're affected by word, you go through the whole day grumpy, feel, and looking into every mirror that you walk by, or cover the mirror up so you don't see it, because you're affected by words, even the words of the thoughts. Isn't that amazing? That's not a good way to live. Yes, sir. And then I'll come to you. That's what really ruined most of my life, reacting to the words in my head. Yeah. Because they're, they're, there's no difference than someone standing in front of me and saying, bad things it's it's doing the same thing in the head that's right and it's trying to get any kind of reaction you know it was doing that yesterday just trying you know it was trying to get any kind of irritation or any kind of uh, try to suppress it and yep. I just watch it and it just vanishes it comes back and it doesn't it doesn't um, I'm not involved with it now like I used to be you know you I, can be you can be walking across the street and the car stop while you walk through the walkway right and your mind would tell you, the words would come and say, oh, they're looking at you, you look fat walking across the street. <laughs> look how everybody's staring at you, right? And you would look over, and those people just waiting, probably lost in their head, but you would swear that they're staring at you, and you could barely make it across the street. <laughs> it's like, it's taking forever to get to the other end, you want to run. Anybody ever had that? I'm telling you. I, I used to go to the post office, and I, I go to the post office, I open the box up, take the mail out, close the door, and right away my thought, the words say, you didn't lock the mailbox door, go back, right? And I, and I find myself going back and forth, 
kicking their box and doing everything. Because I've listened to the word that lied to me and affected my life. And that's abnormal. Absolutely abnormal. That's not of God. That's not the way God's children live. That's the way the devil, the prince of darkness, children live. Conflicted. I know people who want to commit suicide because the word said, your life is worth nothing. Go jump off the bridge. You know, the freeway is right down there. Uh, jump into the freeway. You ever had that? Yeah. Oh, only two people, me and one other person. Yes, sir. It's really nice to see that um, uh, when the struggle isn't there with it, how even your life can be. You know, how, how, yeah. how I mean, it's like I've let it mess up my whole life, you know, and, and it didn't need to be. I mean, thank God, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me how long it took me to see this, but it's, right. like, it's like a phantom, you know, and it's just, <laughs> it's just there to try to, to, you know, it's always working on us, but it has no power. This is unnecessary suffering, yes. really. Yes. Christ came and it is unnecessary suffering. Unnecessary. Right. And hopefully today I can tell you how to get past it. But it's, you're suffering for no reason. It's an illusion. It's not real. And you make it real by acting it out. It's not real. You don't have to be suffering right then. It's like, why did Christ come and take it all on himself if you're still going to carry it as though it's real? That's crazy. That's insane. That's what insanity is. Let me take this young lady that I come to. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I was wondering, you said that you're no longer affected by sort of the ways of the world and so challenges. Uh, I was wondering like how the nature of challenges ha has changed for you because I feel like um, being affected by what people think is what prevents most people, myself included, from um, wanting to deal with challenges. That's right. But how is, it, how is it a challenge then for you if that's not an obstacle anymore? Is it just something you don't feel like doing, but you're, you know, you're compelled to do it because of your inner Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's a situation. It's something that has come to me to cause me to get better in life, to make me deal with it. But it's out here working, trying to get inside, but I won't let it inside, inside of me because I see it, and I don't resent what I see about it. I don't resent having to deal with the situation. And if you don't resent having to deal with it, then you, you deal with it and overcome it. But if you resent it, because it is spiritual, it'll get inside of you and take your life away from you. You know, you'll want to crawl in a corner somewhere and not deal with it. Or if you do deal with it, you'll do it not wanting to do it. It's like you force yourself to do it. Because it is now inside of you, controlling you. The spirit and you prevent that from happening by being aware and... And meditating and, well, and you seeing it before you, it comes? You prevent it from happening by overcoming resentment in your heart. You cannot have any judgment, any resentment, any hatred in your heart at all. And that's how you prevent it from happening. Because anger, resentment, or hatred, judgment is the nature of the devil. You know, it's the nature of all that, uh, you know, suffering and unhappiness and diseases and stuff like that. And so that is inside of you, and you're drawing these things unto you to give it life. But if your nature has changed by forgiving, then you now have a new nature, which is of love, then these things out here cannot enter into you and control you. And so words are just, they're calm, but they'll bounce right off. It would be amusing to you, you know, like, you would see that the person that's throwing these words out have issues, and you won't take it personal. It's not you, it's them. 
and you're not a part of it. It's like looking at a movie. But you're protected when you overcome resentment. When you forgive, then God is going to put a bubble around you. Because in the Bible it says, be in the world but not of it, right? And what he means is you've got to deal with life, but don't be in it where it's controlling you. And that's what he would do. And you would get all kinds of situations and challenges, but they are out here. And according to how you respond to it, you know, it's what the outcome would be. And so I can see them every morning I get up and I sit still so that I can know the truth, you know, because I, I, I never assume that I know anything and that the day is going to be better than yesterday. So I get up every morning. I don't trust myself. I get up every morning and let God's will be done for me so that he can guide me through life. You know, so when these things come at me, I don't overreact to them. And I literally cannot do it. It's just not even in me to do it. It's not within me to do it at to all. To deal with the challenges? To, to allow them to get inside of oh, me. Oh, okay. It's not there. I don't, I'm not wigging out when things come. And I used to do that. I used to be very weak, insecure, emotional, had doubt. So anything that came would just wipe me out. You know, any little issue would wipe me out. But it's not like that anymore. And I didn't make it that way. It's because I surrendered to a higher power. I literally gave myself over to him, and he took away my anger, my resentment, so that the thoughts and the world around me cannot control me. That's all to it. The Bible calls it being born again. You must be born again. You need a new nature. You're, you're operating in the wrong nature, the nature of resentment, of hatred of the world. And that's what the problem is. You absolutely <coughs> need a new nature. And he said he would give you a new nature. Because this stuff that you're reacting to is all, and I think you mentioned it earlier, it's just pride. It's the ego of man, which is fed by the world. And you got to lay that life down. You have to die from it. And then the world can't hurt you anymore. But you must die in order to live. An ego death, a spiritual death, that connected to uh, the prince of darkness. I mean, I'm realizing what a burden resentment is and just how uncomfortable and, you know, it, just, it literally weighs you down. It does. It weighs you down. It will destroy you. But the beauty is when you're born again, it's going to come and it doesn't get inside of you. And you overcome it and it's like amazing that you overcame that. You look back and say, wow, that's something else. And it's not serious. And I don't take too many things seriously because now there's someone else guiding me instead of my pride. And it's a beautiful way to live. I'm telling you, folks. Now, the thoughts try to talk to me, but I see them. People call me names, but I see them. You know, things happen, but I see them. Before, I couldn't see. Now I can see. And it's beautiful, really. It is something else. Really something else. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That is so amazing. Yes, sir. When you're confronted with a, let's say, false and derogatory remarks by somebody, yes. what, what really is the proper response? I'm not talking something trivial. I'm talking something more significant. If someone falsely accuses you, yes. what is appropriate, appropriate response? response? First, you ask them, why are you saying this? Show me the evidence that this is true. But, oh, well, the first response is not to react. Okay. Be still and know God. But what most people tend to do, the first thing is to get mad and react, and that's when you lose. You're going to look guilty, 
and it's difficult to prove that you're not guilty because you've already overreacted. But the first thing to do is to be still and allow it to happen. And then God will start giving you the words to, to deal with. He will start to show you how to overcome it. But if you overreact, if your first response is to overreact, you lose insight as to how to overcome it. And, you know, you can't pre-plan what you're going to say and do, but if you learn to be still and know him, you won't overreact right away. You know, you'll be surprised sometimes, but there's something inside of you that will stay in its proper place so you can calmly overcome things. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. But m most people who are living in their ego and their pride, their first react act is to overreact. And that's when you mess up. Have you noticed when you, when you do that, you yes. mess up with things? Yes. You make the wrong decisions, you do everything <clears throat> wrong. I know a guy right now who is doing that. He's going through some things with his uh, uh, girlfriend, and he's running up and down the highway from state to state. I'm like, why don't you settle down and deal with this? But his mind is telling him to do this and do that and do this. I'm like, that's not working. Don't you see that's not working? But he's so connected with his pride and ego and the thoughts that come to him, he can't even be reasonable in this situation. So he's going back and forth from state to state, just making a fool out of himself, and nothing is working out. And believe me, I've been there, done that, and if God can change me, he can change anybody. I was the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. Really, I have not been an angel sent by God, maybe sent by the devil, and he changed me. He absolutely changed my heart. He did it. I didn't do it. And he's calmed me down. He allows me to be honest with myself and with others. He, you know, he, he direct my path. And the situations that come, he will not allow me to overreact so I can see how to overcome them. He loves me as he loved you, and he was taking care of us. But you won't let him take care of you because you're connected with the other source, the ego life, which is of the devil. That makes sense? Yes. Okay. All right. I think you had your hand, but I'm going to take this young man first and then to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you said before that you're not affected by pain and suffering around <laughs> you anymore. Not at all. Okay. I have, you say around me or? Yeah, around you, yes. Other people or myself? No, other people, other people. No, when I see other people suffering, I have compassion for them. So I, I wait so I can give them the proper words that may help them to look in the right place and overcome. Yes. Now, uh, what, what that can do to people, okay, your, your life can be controlled by someone around you if you feel their pain and suffering. You are being controlled. Yeah, You're not supposed control. to be feeling other As a matter of fact, pain. you know what? That's the way I was controlled by my wife Yeah. for, for most of my life. It's because of her circumstance yeah. that she finds herself in. And uh, I actually see that, uh, that she controlled me that way. Yeah, because you're an emotional person, and yes. so you identify with her emotion. You're taking on her pain as though you're God, and, yes. and, and it's not going to help the problem at all. That's right. The worst thing you can do is take on somebody else's pain. You can't help them if you're feeling the pain, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. If everybody's feeling the pain, then who's going to help you overcome it? <laughs> yes. If Jesus Christ had come... And he just felt our pain. And just, I try, I know how you feel. Jesus add. rebuked us and point the right way to it. He said, you know what? The reason you're feeling this pain is because you're judging, you're playing God. 
stop over reaction, yes. be still and know God. Yes. And he will do it. That's what I'm here for, to point the way for you. Because if I can add, you, have, you somehow have the notion that you can help, you want to help. But, but that's the, what ego people think. Right. Yeah. See, that's the problem. That's what keeps you tied to it. Yeah. You want to help, and, uh, and when you just don't, in other words, you haven't realized yet that you can't do anything. That's right. See? That's right. You that's can't a very do anything. good point. You know? And, and, and God caused me to realize 20 years ago that of myself, I can do nothing. I can't even change my own life. And of myself, I know nothing. So even in counseling, I wait to hear the problem, and then whatever is given me to me to say to them, that's what I say. I don't assume I have the answer. Because one situation may be different than the other situation and requires a different answer. But if you're a prideful person, you assume you know the answer and you're ready to respond. And that doesn't do any good for anybody. Just to add one more thing to that, in addition to the notion that you know you want to help, you know, because this person, you know, my wife is suffering, I want to help. I want I want to be a good husband. Uh, gee, you know, it just popped right out of my mind. There was one other thing I wanted to add. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Uh, did you have your hand, sir? I did a while ago, yes. but I got oh, yes. the answer. Oh, go ahead. On top of that, then, you know what you also start doing? You start feeling sorry. Yeah. See? You feel sorry? You try to help. You see what's going on. You want to, want to help. And then you feel sorry, and that way you can't be controlled yeah. for your entire life sometimes. The worst thing that you can do, the worst, there are many worse, worses, is to feel sorry for somebody. Yes. When you feel sorry for somebody, you lose. First of all, you have no right to feel sorry for another person. You're not God. That's right. And secondly, it emotionally ties you to that person, and they're going to wipe you out. They'll take your house, your dog, your cat, and your husband, your wife. If you want your husband taken away from you, feel sorry for the woman that's complaining. She'll move in and take your husband, and there's nothing you can do about it. You don't have a right to feel sorry for anybody, but you do have a right to have compassion and tell the truth. And that's what you have the right to do, and let God work it out. But people feel when you feel sorry, a lot of women end up with bad men because they feel sorry for the guy and they think they can save them. That's why women think they can change men because they feel sorry for them. Yes. Oh, I feel sorry for them. Come on in, baby. I can help you. Come on in, baby. You ain't got no job. That's fine, baby. We'll get one for you. <laughs> we'll help you find a job. And that man will be there a whole year eating you out, wiping you out, and cheating on you. And did you, did you go out today and look for a job, baby? No, that old white man won't let me have a job. I know what you mean. Don't worry, baby. <laughs> I see it happen over and over and over and over again because you felt sorry for the person. Isn't that amazing? Yes. It's not of God. It is abnormal to feel sorry. It is man or woman playing God when they feel sorry for you. Even for you, your children, you're not supposed to feel sorry for your children because they'll see that and they'll tap into it and wipe you out. It's an emotion that is not of love. <clears throat> but the world is teaching you to feel sorry and the world is wrong. You're going to suffer as men and women of God. That makes sense? Yes. Anybody disagree with that? Yes. 
overcome evil with good. Yes. And see, so yes, we're, because we come from sin, we all sinners need to be saved, right? So we have collected all this stuff from childhood up until at some point we realize that we're not God. We can't change our lives. We need to let this stuff go. So you go to the Father, Father, and here's the answer to it. You go to the Father and say, you know what, Father, I'm wrong. I'll play God. Or even if you don't say it, just realize you are. Because he allowed me to see that I was playing God with my life, right? But when you can see that you've been playing God and collected all this stuff inside of you, then he will cause you to change. And that's what being born again is. He will cause you to change. He will make you whole. And then you will start to overcome that stuff. And what happens is every situation that you run into, that you, can now, you can no longer overreact to it, but you overcome it. So whatever is left over inside of you, you start to overcome it. And that's what it means to be made perfect. He said, be made, become perfect as he is perfect. When you don't overreact, you're being made perfect. So you start to overcome that stuff. But the moment you do react, the moment you do overreact, then it gets in you and get life again. Instead of dying off, it lives longer. But if you're born again, you cannot react because you have a nature that doesn't react. It overcomes. It doesn't react. So you, you are being made perfect in the way that you deal with every situation that comes along. That makes sense? It's like cleaning you out. You're getting better. And there is nothing more nicer than that. I'd rather have this than to have anything else on earth. It's amazing. Sometimes I'm thinking, wow, I can hardly feel my insides, you know, my guts and things. Are you supposed to feel your guts? Are they called guts or intestines? <laughs> I don't feel them, but I know they're there. But what it is, I don't feel the pain of the world anymore. You know, I don't feel that pain. Uh, yes, ma'am. I almost forgot what I was going to say. Just basically, like, what we're talking about. Um, I, Oh, I know what I wanted to say. That That's why it says in the Word that you have to meditate day and night. Yes. Because um, when we're saying, are you controlled by words, and I'm just thinking, um, for the most part, no. But sometimes I will get caught up. Yeah. And I will forget. And that's why it says, like how you say, start your day with meditation, end your day with meditation. Because yeah. when you do... It'll keep you in that mindset. You've already been covered. You already went yeah, to that right. place. So you could guide through. And you will be able to be aware of when a person is saying, like, fat will be the thing that always got me. I've been fat for a long time. But I had to learn how to overcome that when in junior high when people had this little riddle that they would say to me. Yeah. And um, I just learned how to use it against, you know, I, I would just say, <coughs> I would say it with them. <laughs> they yeah, couldn't right. use it against me anymore that's and right. then I've just felt empowered by it I would say that well basically what that person is seeing in me is that I love myself for who I am and they like that but instead of them saying you know what I think you you are so great you don't let your size determine how you if whether that's you're right. cute or not and then um or they will take another road and be like, you, you think you're so cute. You think you're all that. And I just know that they are suffering. And yes. I say, you want to be like, you want to have that same thing that I have, that inner beauty. Yeah. And you can have it. You just decide that you're going to have it. And that's it. So um, I just that's go through life point. dealing with that all the time. Yep. You know, and um, as an adult, I see, I'm, I'm listening to us. And I'm like, I thought this when you became an adult that you master this thing where you don't let words control you because you can see that that other person wants 
what they see in you. Yeah. And they are, you know, no, you and, you, and you can deal with them on that level. Like if somebody's attacking you, you say, well, I really realize you want this inner thing that I have yeah. and I can show you how to get that. Or I could come back at you and say, well, your nose is big. So, you know, I, I can find that thing on that person that they don't like about themselves, but they're trying to project on me. Yes. You know, so it's like, I don't know, just no. like how are we still dealing with, you know, um, letting people control us by words. Sometimes, like like I said, that's why it says meditate day and night, because if you catch me on a certain time, I might use words to control you back. Or I might really have compassion for you and see that you are a yeah, sufferer. That's right. You know? you know, you make a good point in that God said that we should pray without ceasing, and we should meditate on his word day and night. And all that he's saying is that be, be still so that he can come and raise you in consciousness, give you his mindset. And through the day, you're on that level of consciousness, one mind with him. So when these things come at you, you can see them coming and they bounce right off. That's, what he's, that's why he wants you to pray without ceasing so you can be aware and see this stuff coming at you. But when you're an angry person, resentful person, you're lost into your imagination, you can't see them coming. You just, you just feel the words of it, the effect of it, and you find yourself overreacting. But he loves you enough where he has a way of protecting you from it. And that's why you should meditate day and night so that you can stay in that level of consciousness, rise above your imagination, to be aware of the spiritual battle that you're dealing with. That's all that it takes. But the average person won't be still and know him. They got to hoop and holler. They got to make up excuses. Anything but letting go and letting God. And it's a shame because you're suffering as a result of that. Um, so you got to be still and commit to letting go and allowing this higher power to take over. You absolutely have to. All of that stuff from the beginning of your life to now, you've just resented everything along the way. And because you're resenting it, it stayed with you. It repeats itself. And you still believe the lie, and, you've, and, and, and you're overreacting to it, and that's why you can't overcome it. You have parents who said, you know what, daughter, just calm down. Another point about that, too, I want to make, that's why God wants us to know ourselves, know thyself. Yeah. So when people use words against us, if they're true, we say, yeah, that's right. If it's not true, thank you for telling me. I don't see it that way, but I appreciate you telling me. But if you don't know yourself, and you have a false illusion of yourself, it's easy for words to come along and tear it down. That's why you got to know yourself. I know myself. I know all my flaws. And I'm okay with them unless God decides to change them. One of the things that I hear all the time from people who see me in debates and things, they say, one thing I like about what you do, you don't overreact. I wish I could do that. You know, they come at you, you debate people with PhDs, MSDs, LTDs, <laughs> STDs, and <laughs> but you don't overreact, and that is more powerful than anything I've said or done. If you don't overreact, you influence the world around you, because most people don't. They want to overcome overreacting. It hurts when you overreact, either to the words in your head or the words out here. It hurts. That's a miserable life, and you don't have to live that way, but you got to be still and allow God to cause you to see it and overcome it. Yes, ma'am. I was having a lot of problems with this women at work. A little lot of them. I was having a lot of problems a while back. Yes. With this women at back, and I was mean to them because they were mean to me. Yes. 
And uh, my thoughts used to tell me they were talking about me and all of that. So now when those thoughts come, I just look at them. Yes. And they sort of fade away. Yeah. But I've been I've been reading this book. It's uh, from Eckhart uh, Tolle or something like that. And he talks about living in the present. Is that meditation when he says you keep coming back to the now? I don't quite know what he is saying, but what I'm telling you is that God is in the now. He's yeah. not in the past. He's not in the future. Right. Yeah, if you make it to the future, he's there. But all you have is this very moment here. Mm -hmm. Everything else in your head is an illusion. Right. All you have now. And so when you sit still, what God allows you to do is to live in the now not worried about tomorrow. Right. That's why it's so important to be still and know him. If you pray, if you sit still and allow God to take over, you can live in it now and not affected by what's going to happen tomorrow. I got one minute left. Yes, sir. Okay, real quick. Um, you know, like with kids, you know, kids like to meet each other, say stuff. Yeah. How do you respond to your kids when they say, oh, you know, does this happen? And it hurt my feelings. Like, I'll tell Jeremiah, you know what, sticks and stones, they break your bones, and the words will never hurt me. So he remembers that, but sometimes I'll have to correct him about something. He said, you know, Dad, that hurt my feelings. Should you just disregard it, or should you... No, I would talk to him about it. Okay. You know, why did it hurt your feelings? But teach him not to be angry about it. Okay. And he said, you know what, son, don't be angry about what people say to you. Don't take it personal. Let it roll off your back. And if a parent is telling the child that, and the parent is living that way, that's going to be a, something else of an adult. Because the parent have set that example first. And just teach them not to be angry about things. That's all. And they and believe me, they'll listen to that and stop being angry. Tell them, you know, speak up for yourself, but don't be angry about it. Just that simple. And they can understand anger. Uh, don't be angry thing. All right? Yes? Um, how can you tell the difference between um, <coughs> reacting to anger or, like, you know, if you're, like, suppressing it or, you know, just, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you react to it or suppress it. When you suppress it or react, I mean, even if you suppress it, it's going to come out in one way or another. Okay. Yeah, you, that's why it's so important to get to know yourself. Right. You'll find yourself overeating, oversleeping, over something. Yeah. And it's because you suppress that anger, it's best to, it's best to not control it at all and let it, so you can see it and overcome it. And right. don't try to, even if you have to make a fool out of yourself one more time, that's okay so that you can overcome it. But aren't you supposed to not react to it, or...? You're, you're not supposed to make yourself not react. Okay. Now, you know... Wow. Yeah, you, I think I've been doing that. Yeah, don't do that. Okay. Because if you force yourself not to overreact, then it's still controlling you. It's okay. a spirit, and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. You have to let go and let God, and when you let go, uh, a situation will cause it to come up, and you just see it and let it pass. Don't do anything about it. But do not suppress it. Don't make yourself do this. You can't. That's not helping you. Okay. I mean, usually, um, I guess my dad left, but, um, you know, I'm sort of resenting him for, um, you know, the way he's acted or something like that. And then, you know, I want to tell him something that's truthful, but I feel that I have anger behind it, like something truthful about the way, like criticizing the way that he's acting towards me. But yeah. I don't because I feel like no, it'll be tell a reaction. Me Okay. Yeah, even if you end up cursing him out, God forbid, but if you end up cursing him out, at least you would get it out, yeah. and then you say, see, I'm, I'm sorry, Dad, but I, you know, and that's in me. Yeah. And you'll just go free from it. And okay. he's a parent. He should understand that and be glad that you're at home with him so he, you can overcome it. If you take it personal, forgive him. Okay. But don't hold back. Okay. And then you shall go free.
Yes, ma'am. Last question. Nobody else raise your hand. I have three minutes. If you haven't got it by now, just suffer. Okay. <laughs> you know, the thing we say, we've been saying here in all of our lives about sticks and stones will break your bones and words and never hurt you. That's something, that's an ideal, but it, the words do hurt you. They hurt I think and it's they important break to let children know that the words do hurt you, yeah. but what you said about forgiveness and not letting, yeah. it, you know, um, forgiving the person that. Being angry is not the answer. That's right. If you tell your kid, you know what? Yes, words can hurt you only if you are angry about the word. If you become angry at Johnny for calling your name, the words are going to hurt. But if you speak up to Johnny and don't be mad about it, it won't hurt. I'm telling you, that's the only way that words can hurt you. In the last few minutes I have, I want to just say to white Americans is that 50 years ago, Dr. King was taken out. The so-called civil rights leaders decided that they're going to keep this so-called race thing alive because they understood that white folks are going to cower down, have false guilt, and they can manipulate you with the so-called N-word and racism. And so you've given these folks the power by overreacting or cowering down to, to manipulate you and control you with words. Slavery is over, and I think something like 150 years ago, right there, you were a little slave, right? <laughs> 150 years, it's over. All the slaves are dead, and all the slaves' owner, as far as I know, are dead. And so, white folks, you got to get over being controlled by words because there's no ending to it. The more you give in, the worse you get. Matter of fact, you're crying over the N-word now. That's ridiculous. And, and black folks love that word, and when they are finished with the word, they're going to let it go. But they love it. So and if I would do anything, I would shun them, make them feel embarrassed about it, but don't take it on as your own word, all right? It's just a lie. It's a game. It, it's manipulation. And so if you want to overcome words, because God said that we should overcome the world instead of being a part of it, I invite you to be still and know him. On my website at bondinfo.org, there's a CD called Be Still and Know God. You can get it. Try it out for a week. One week. Just give it a try. Five days a week or seven days, however days in a week. Morning and night. I guarantee you, if you're sincere in the heart, you'll start to overcome words, all right? It'll just, it'll leave you. Then you'll be in the world and not of it. It is abnormal as men and women of God to be affected by words. You can't outlaw words. You can't ban words. Evil people are going to use words until their hearts are saved, if, it's, if it happens. But you can be in the world and not of it. Uh, Call me at 1-800-411-BOND or visit my website, bondinfo.org. We appreciate your donation and tithe, all right? Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it.